everyone, it's Christina Herrick, produce editor for The Packer, and I'm here today with another Tip of the Iceberg podcast. This time I'm talking with Omar Davidi of Bee Hero, and we're talking about the role that bees and pollination play in fresh produce and how his company's hive monitoring technology both helps the beekeeper and helps the fresh produce grower. So thank you again for joining me. Um, so you know, this is what I, your uh, PR agency reached out to me, and I thought this would be a really interesting conversation to have for the podcast, talking about technology, talking about bees. We're obviously feeding into California almond pollination, so we're kind of getting ready for the seasonality of bees to once again be a part of the conversation. So, you know, why don't you tell me a little bit about the business? How does it work? What is the technology? Um, kind of set the table for me and for our listeners um, about what you, what you've got going on with Be Here. Uh, sure, of course, and 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 again, thank you for having me. Um, in in general, Be Hero was founded almost seven years ago um, with the mission to support the bee population and ensure the process of pollination. So uh, most of us are not well familiar with the fact that bees are being used. Uh, to pollinate the majority of crops out there. Uh, you know, we focus on food product, uh, production and productivity, and the population is growing. So we, we, we need to become more and more efficient. Uh, and as we create those intense uh, environments to, for food production, we need to support this with natural processes like pollination, which is done by bees. Uh, what we recognized is the fact that colony collapse disorder and this phenomenon that affects bees and bring the bee mortality rates to more than 40% every single year is not just affecting beekeepers and is not just affecting the honey industry. It also affects the ability to pollinate crops. And that has even a broader effect on, on you know, the environment or the population and, and so on. And that's where exactly uh, Bee Hero comes in. So we develop technology that helps to mitigate those gaps between what we see with the beekeeping industry and the pollination needs. Uh, it's a low-cost sensor that goes into an existing beehive. So understanding the complications of the beekeeping uh, domain and the you know the commercial environment, it's a seamless system that goes into those hives. We measure things like temperature, humidity, sound, and so on from inside the hive, and then we can early detect and predict things that affect the colonies. So we work very closely with the beekeepers all year long to ensure that they can uh, treat their bees better and they can produce stronger, healthier, and much more efficient hives. And later on, we engage with the farmers directly and we offer them precision pollination as a service. So in a way, bringing what you know irrigation brought to the industry uh, probably tens uh, of years ago, we now bring it to pollination, which is still in a way considered to be something that is not necessarily manageable, uh, but now it is. Yeah, well, and it's absolutely critical. As you said, I, I know there's a TED Talk I watched years ago where it was basically talking about a plate of food and how much of that is impacted by pollination. And I think there was like one thing on the... If you took everything impacted by pollination, I think there was like one or two... Maybe it was just eggs. was like the only thing that wasn't technically impacted by pollination. Um, so, you know... It is important, and obviously me being in the produce industry, I, I understand the critical role that pollination has. I don't necessarily think people outside the, the industry realize just how critical a resource that is. And as you indicated, you know, pollination, bees have to almost have 
somewhat perfect conditions in order to be successful. So it sounds like your technology does a great job of, of monitoring what's going on with those bees in a high activity time. And you kind of explained too the motivation for creating um, Bee Hero. So why don't we talk a little bit about challenges? You mentioned some of those already, um, but you know, what challenges do honeybees and beekeepers face? Um, you know, as as they're going about their business. Yeah, so I, I think in terms of the 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 beekeeper side, the, the environment is constantly changing. I mean, think of, of of you running a beekeeping operation where the industry as a whole has around forty percent mortality rates. Like, right, if forty percent of the cattle were to die every year, the wall would have stopped for a second, you know, to reassess and understand what's happening. And in the in the beekeeping realm, it feels like again, especially for the beekeepers, it's some sort of a left left behind. And at the moment that we will decide to address it, it might even be too late and it's going to have a tremendous effect. So the fact that we have less and less natural habitats for those bees to forage uh, during the year and the fact that, um, you know, they need to physically move those hives several times a year to support the pollination activity uh, and so on creates some other challenges. You know, you bring diseases from certain places to certain areas. Uh, sometimes beekeepers that might not treat their hives very well introduce diseases and other uh, issues into an area that is now crowded with bees. So uh, as the environment changes, we create a lot of stressors that eventually affect it. The exposure to chemicals, you know, we, we use spraying. We need to use spray because we need to address some pests and some other things. Uh, but that also has some implications on, on bees. Uh, to find an area where you can keep your bees, you know, rest assured everything is good, almost doesn't exist anymore. And that requires beekeepers to be more uh, thoughtful and and maybe even adjust the way they use to operate their business so they can survive in this environment. Um, and 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 again, that, that's what we're trying to help the beekeepers. We, we, we believe that the way that nature established to pollinate crops is the most efficient one. And all we need to do is to ensure that beekeepers can handle the new environment, the new stressors, and technology sometimes can play, you know, a big role in it. You talked about challenges. You know, one of the major challenges as we see it in the in the farming industry in general, and specifically in the beekeeping industry, is to mitigate the gaps between, you know, technology that can you can build in 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 the office that can work well, you know, where you have everything close to you and so on. But then you go out there to the field. And there's mud, there's rain, uh, you know, the trucks. It's like, it's so messy out there and you still need to create something that is robust enough and and solid enough to work in those conditions and does not affect the way that people operate their business because that's also crucial. Yeah, and, you know, one of the other challenges I mentioned before we started hitting record, and I know I follow this for years when I, when I've, worked on you know stories about bees in the past i know generally every season there's at least one major hive theft and it's it's an absolutely devastating thing obviously but it, it seems to happen and it seems to happen at critical times in pollination so um you know you kind of alluded to some of what um the hive monitoring technology does but you know talk a little bit about that does it does it help beekeepers um, track their hives for theft and then share maybe if you can just a snapshot of 
of some of the other data, like you said before, that um, the hive monitoring provides both the beekeeper and then, you know, does, does the farmer get that information too? Yes, I, th I think that the concern about theft is something that unfortunately we see more and more. Uh, I think it reflects the, the stress in the industry in general. You know, you, you have a farm, you pay uh, money to get bees to the farm, and sometimes last minute you're not getting the bees because, you know, the beekeeper had higher mortality this year than last year. Um, maybe they thought they will have, you know, the quality of hives that you need, but eventually they ended up not having. Maybe there was, you know, extreme weather condition or hurricanes or like a lot of things that can affect beekeepers uh, and you might end up having no hives. And at this point, you have no business without pollination. So you will offer, you know, a lot of money to get bees, and I guess that incentivizes sometimes people that are less genuine to look for, you know, boxes they can steal and introduce to those farms, make a quick buck, and and eventually they leave the hives on the side of the rows. Like they don't have the setup to even treat those hives, and we see a lot of pictures of, you know, hives left on the side of the roads. Um, you know, it's it, it's not a huge technological challenge. I mean, one of the things that we do in our sensors, and that was not the intention when we started the company, we track the location, we track every time someone opened the hive, we track every time someone moves the hives. We do it because we want to support the beekeepers to understand exactly what happens with their hives. And I think we had like three or four occasions of which we alerted in real time that there's a suspicious movement of certain yards, certain bee yards. Um, in one case, we actually detected uh, an entire truck with bees that was stolen. Uh, and using the GPS uh, location and the adjustment of the configuration, we've managed to uh, provide you know real-time indications of what it is. Uh, and, and in this case, you know the sheriff came and they got the the truck with the bees back and so on. And we were um, super happy. Um, you know there are probably other tools that can help you to to understand where things are at and and, and so on. So. It wasn't the core aspect of what we're trying to do, but if we can support beekeepers to handle theft as well, uh, I think it's you know it's it's a good thing to do, and we hope that people seeing those sensors on the hives will understand that you don't want to steal those; they are tracked uh, in a way. So maybe it will also help. Yeah, and you know I think as all of us become accustomed to being able to have our technology tracked, you know whether it's a an air tag or, you know, it's, it's, you know, using your phone to find where you put your headphones, things like that. I think we're accustomed to that kind of data. And I, I understand that you said that, that was just a nice bonus for your technology. That's not what you intended to do. But I think that's just another part of beekeeping that really does help um, the beekeeper in the end. You know, yes, they've got all the data of the hive activity, at their their fingertips but then also you know being able to know where they are um just just helps too so um you know it's, uh, maybe to jump on this it's it's funny we had a situation with one of our beekeepers that you know he opened the map it was in front of us he opened the map and he was showing us that he still has some hives in some places and it might be wrong like it might be a bug or something that uh we missed and we said listen it, it could be but we look at the position timestamp and it seems like the hives are there uh, and they ended up looking for a few pallets so you know tens of hives in a certain location that was in a way forgotten right you have a 10,000 hives operation those hives are spread across huge amount of land to provide pollination 
and then you depend on on the people with the forklift, your employees, and so on to bring those. Sometimes they miss, and and so yeah, theft is a big thing. But sometimes just forgetting the hives in the field could be a, a, a devastating thing because those hives would not survive in a, in a farming environment all year long. Yeah, well, and as you indicated, they have a job to do, right? You know, if they're if they're pollinating. Uh, California almonds, then they're going to probably end up going north and hitting Washington State and and hitting all of the tree fruit up there. So, you know, they, they've got a long, long season of work ahead of them. So, yeah, that is interesting. And, and you know, but it, it doesn't surprise me completely just because of the, the number of acres, as you said, that, you know, farmers are, are farming, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, I can see where that, you know, if you're, it's not like, you know, you can put a pin drop or, you know, do, you know, you try to keep track of where things are, but block numbers and things like that can, can tend to blur and the, the more acres you have, the, the easier it would be, I would think, especially in, you know, the middle of an orchard to just lose track of where you place the hive. So that is nice to, to hear too, that the technology, um, you know, also does the basic basic element of, of helping people keep track of their hives not just you know in the the instant that something might be stolen it's more basic just you know you you deployed x number of hives and you have all but one accounted for and now you know where it is um so talk to me you know is there anything else um this is kind of the nice part about these podcasts are they're kind of a platform to go to our readers and our readers are kind of I should I said readers you know I should say listeners because this is a podcast but you know we've got growers packers shippers and retailers basically across the country that are listening in um to this podcast so you know what else do you want um maybe somebody who's not you know directly tied to you know um you know the the farming aspect of the industry what would you want them to know about your technology i i think in general you know sometimes we don't know what we don't know so when it comes to pollination we created this kind of a practice that you know we pay x amount of money we get y amount of boxes that are deployed in the field and we hope for the best um, and in some cases it happens in some, some cases we have, you know, good beekeepers introducing good hives and the pollination happens well, weather is perfect. Uh, and, and those cases we're not feeling the pain, but I think as farming become tougher and it is tougher, you know, with inflation and basically everything out there is more expensive, uh, and the, the profit line is getting thin. Uh, you need to make sure that you optimize every aspect and, and pollination is is part of those things and with technology and i guess that's part of the things that you know fulfill me and probably the rest of the team is where technology can support this natural process and ensure quality or coverage that without it you cannot get um and you know be here got to quite a significant scale we, we became the largest pollination provider in the u.s we are the largest pollination provider in australia and we have some other expansion plans and as you mentioned, those hives are moving from almond pollination in California to uh, Washington State to pollinate apples and cherries and sometimes berry and then to Oregon and the Midwest. Like They're moving all around the country. Um, so tracking their activity, ensuring that they are in the best fit for the next challenge, for the next project uh, to pollinate well is, is something that we work very closely with the beekeepers. And I think the combination of 
first of all, having a good understanding of how the business operates, not being this Silicon Valley company that does not necessarily understand what's happened in the Central Valley. That's usually the terminology here, especially in California. Uh, you know, having one of the co-founders come from this industry, being a commercial beekeeper, a few thousand hearts, it's an understanding that is crucial to 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 push technology in those uh, areas. And we also see, you know, some of the uh, big investors starting to invest in the farming, trying to make things more efficient. They need the data. They need to be able to quantify the exposures they have. And and when it comes to pollination, they still don't have those tools. So. I think as we look into the technology now, we got to a point that we have a good coverage of you know certain commodities and we are expanding certain geographies. It's it's about supporting other stakeholders, leveraging this unique data point of bees and pollination, and and supporting more of a data driven decisions uh, to help mitigate exposures that could be devastating for some of those farms. Again, it's 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 not easy. To be a farmer today, and we need those farmers. No, and you know, you hit on a, a big part of what I've been hearing a lot of lately, which is, you know, obviously, as you know, cost of farming is going up. Uh, you know, obviously, pollination is is a big part of that. But now it's kind of um, starting to maximize the technology that you have, deploying technology to become more efficient, and really, like you said, it. it getting data and starting to use that data to better drive decisions. I think that's kind of what we're going to be continuing to hear in the future. Um, and it's really fascinating to me to kind of see the intersection of where technology and farming is hitting, especially in the specialty crop um, industry, because, you know, as you have said, there's there's some irrigating, there's, there's technology around, there's smart sensors, there's things like that. And it's now kind of seeing where some of those capabilities are rolling out into other parts of the farming process that it's it's just really kind of, like I said, it's fun and it's really cool to, to just see that develop and see where it goes in the future. Uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the fact that, you know, we, we have some of the strategic players like General Mills, and Rabobank and some other players that are heavily involved in the farming industry um, is is critical to support the efforts from you know establishing the farm all the way into the retailers. Um, you know we we were doing a lot of collaborations. We are doing in-field sensing to assess pollination activity in real time. We work with uh, seed producers. Uh, I think an interesting aspect is that we are dealing with data that didn't exist to this level before. And we only now start to realize how much we don't know. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's a fascinating area and where we can pull in some innovative players, design partners, sometimes other companies to work together in order to support the industry uh, that, that eventually support our goals. So, um, you know, it's about introducing technologies in areas that sometimes even didn't exist before and making sure it fulfill a real value and not just a nice to have thing. Absolutely. And it, you do bring up a really great point. You're right. The more data you have, the more you realize you don't, what you don't know and what you, you know, you have more questions. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be, I'm curious to see kind of what you learn from the data moving forward and to see where this technology continues to go. Um, yeah, it's, this is, this is absolutely fascinating to me. Um, 
So I, I don't know. I'm out of questions. So is there anything else you want to share that that I didn't think to ask about? I I, I think in general, um, you know, we 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 see how we are trying uh, to combine, you know, sustainable farming on one hand, but we also need to acknowledge the fact that farms need to be profitable. So you know, aiming for everything to be 100% organic, no chemicals, and so on, and to keep supporting the growing population. This is not, I mean, it has a cost. It means that we're going to convert more natural land into farmland. Uh, and I think trying to find the right balance uh, is, is, is what we need to optimize on. So we do need to understand that farms need to be efficient. Otherwise, it's not profitable and we'll see less and less farmers. And on the other hand, we need to adopt more sustainable practices uh, because we want to support this for the long term. And some of the efforts that we are now pushing forwards with our farms and so on is to analyze exactly where we cross this line. So bees are crucial for pollination, but also dealing with pests sometimes or fungus and so on during pollination could be important. What practices can we adopt? Where, what time frames should we use in order to spray those plants uh, in order to minimize the effect on bees on one hand, but also to be able to treat the disease? Um, I think that's the right balance. It's not about saying, you know, big words about sustainability without hold to the truth and the fact that we need to produce more food, um, but also not give up entirely on, on these efforts because that's, again, that's that's not fair, I guess, for the next generation. Um, so we are working with some of the big retailers. We work with some of our farms to try to introduce those new practices to work together to figure out what needs to be. Not blaming anyone, but trying to, again, work together uh, to to allow those new practices to be uh, adopted and implemented. Uh, and I think on the long term, that's going to have a very positive impact on the industry as a whole. Yeah, and as you said before, you know, farming is, a, you know, it's it's not a a clinical, na it's not a clinical nature, right? That's, I'm trying to say that differently, but, you know, farming, you get bad weather, you get cloudy days, you get temperatures that, that range all over the place. And, you know, depending upon where you're pollinating, um, you're more likely, like you said, to have fungus and disease pop up right when you need the bees to be at their prime time, ready to roll um, attitude. Um, so, you know, that's what what's interesting is that, you know, obviously you've got this data and you're going to be able to help fine tune, like you said, both the the need to treat some of the diseases and issues that spring up in in, in spring, um, but then also help those bees optimize what they need to do in order to then have a crop at the end of the year. Um, yeah, and I think in a way it might be similar to the, you know, the south of ecosystem, right? You know how you're going to start the day or the quarter, you don't know how you're going to end up, uh, especially in the early days. And and I think, again, farmers tend to deal with a lot of unexpected things. Um, and and I think it's interesting. I think I think another area and where we can leverage some of our network and some of the activity that we are doing is to put this topic on, you know, in, in, in a place that it, it deserves. So, you know, we've been participating in the APEC uh, event, talking about the challenges of commercial beekeepers. We've been to the World Economic Forum in Davos, talking about those things. I think the more people understand the impact of bees on the population, on food production, um, might also dedicate more governmental support to beekeepers, commercial beekeepers, putting aside bee hero. Um, 
And and I think it's uh, an important aspect. We we want to ask those questions now before it's too late. Um, because again, I, I guess we can solve almost everything. It's just a question of how much time it's going to take and how much it's going to cost. And if we address it now as a, as a collaborative effort, I think we can support beekeepers and ensure that the next generation of beekeepers is stepping in and taking the lead. Uh, because the average age of a commercial beekeeper today in, in the U.S. is probably around 70. What's going to happen 10 years from now? Who's going to lead this industry? And that's a real concern. Absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, as we kind of set the table, it, it could be an unforgiving profession, much like farming can be in some ways. Um, so, you know, obviously being able to have a future is important as we try to get more people involved in agriculture and you know be i i consider beekeeping a part of that because obviously as we said he's played a tremendous role in uh, fresh produce um but yeah it it is it is challenging I've, I've written a lot of stories about just bees and bee health and kind of what's going on with bees and there's there's a lot of questions and not a lot of answers, unfortunately. So um, it's great that your technology is is out there. And like you said, this is bigger than just Bee Hero. This is this is the future of bees. This is the future of uh, food production. Um, but it, it's a it's a critical resource. Bees are a critical resource that we have to um, advocate more for, um, so that they have a future and we have uh, food to eat in the future. Indeed, I cannot agree more. I just want to say a huge thank you to Omar Davidi of Be Hero for joining me today. Um, I think it was a really great and interesting conversation. And I also want to say a huge thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, you name it, we're there. And tune in again soon. Thanks so much. Bye.